Ciao Bianconeri! What is up everybody? Welcome back to the Bianconeri Show. I am your host, Yuva AJ, and with me today is Martina. What's up guys? So we have a lot to talk about this week. Obviously, we're going to start with the match analysis of Juventus versus Napoli, which was a very, very crazy game. Then we will move on to talk about some injuries, um, some stuff going on at the club, the the transfer window, uh, Champions League, and the dreaded international break. So let's start with the game. Juventus-Napoli already on match day number two. It was a beautiful game, super exciting, and I mean, I loved it. Um, Juve had to make some changes from last game due to Chiellini's injury. Um, Delit uh, had to step up, so the lineup started with a 4-3-3 with Szczesny, De Ciglio, Bonucci, Delit, Alexandra. Then Kedira, Pjanic, and Matuidi in the midfield, and Ronaldo, Iguain, and Douglas Costa at the top. So it was pretty much the same lineup as uh, the Parma game. The only difference, obviously, was Kelini uh, is out with an injury for about five to six months. So the lead had to step up and take his place. Um, I was not surprised at all by this lineup. Obviously, uh, it was pretty much rumored that the first two games were going to go this way. Um, the only the only change that might have occurred was maybe Raviot for Matuidi, but obviously we didn't see that. And to be fair, you know, the at least in the first half, the team played very, very well. I was very surprised with uh, the performance that Kedira and Matuidi put in uh, during that first half. Kedira played... Amazing. I mean, I loved his performance at this game. He almost scored two goals. One of them was beautiful off the post, sadly. And the other one was, gosh, he was right in front of the goal. He could have scored, but um, the goalie got the ball. Yeah, that second one that you talked about was actually the first chance in the game that he had. Um, it was an amazing buildup. The tiki-taka style Sarri ball is really starting to to come out in the team's play. And that pass from Iwain was ridiculous. I mean, he had eyes on the back of his head to give Kedira that pass. I mean, Kedira made a beautiful run. And then sadly, he just, ah, he didn't, he couldn't define well enough and uh, Merit ended up saving it. But what a miss. Um, and obviously that, that second one, Kedira... Uh, you know, he was trying to find a pass. He couldn't find it. Uh, it looked like he was stuck out of nowhere. He got a shot off. Um, I think it went off of one of the defenders, but eventually it hit the post, which it would have been a beauty of a goal. Juve started absolutely amazing the first uh, minutes of the game, attacking and defending as a team, everyone going up and down together, playing together tiki-taka style. Um, sadly, De Chilio had to leave the field due to an injury. Um, Danilo was substituted right away. And literally after 28 seconds that he stepped into the field, he scored a goal. His first Serie A goal and one of the fastest in Serie A. 
Yeah, um, I read somewhere that it was one of the what? fastest goals uh, after a player had been substituted. So obviously, uh, during that play, Desilio got injured. It was a Napoli corner. We made the quick change. Uh, you know, Danilo didn't even get a chance to get into the box to defend the corner before Napoli took it. Uh, Douglas Costa made a great counterattack run. There was one point where he stopped in the in in Napoli's box, and I thought, oh, you know, the the play was done. But here came here came Danilo. Uh, he didn't even have a chance to warm up. He pretty much did a full field sprint, and Dulas Costa with a nice pass into Danilo's uh, into Danilo's run, and you know he slotted it right past the goalkeeper. It was a great great goal, um, great counterattack goal. Yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, Douglas Costa played amazing in this game he's been catching up a lot I love how his mentality most of it changed a lot from last from last season and I'm so glad I mean I feel like he's super happy and super concentrated in proving himself and just growing as a player yeah he's been pretty much the key man in these first two games and you can tell as well that he's probably the most fit you know apart from Ronaldo obviously Ronaldo has a fitness that is out of this world nobody can compare to him I mean he's he's not even human but um but you can also tell that on the pitch, you know, Dulas, he, he he just has this extra, it feels like he has an extra lung when he's on the pitch. And I think he's going to be one of the key players this season, especially in the attack. For sure. And I'm super excited to see, you know, what else he can bring. Because, I mean, he's been playing crazy and he already had some assists. I cannot wait to see his first goal. Yeah, he had two assists in this game versus Napoli. and But one other player that has completely surprised me, and I'll be the first to admit that I was skeptical of him staying at Juve, and that's Iwain, man. I mean, what a player he has been to this team during the last two games. Versus Parma, we saw this build-up play, this great linking between him and Ronaldo, between him and Douglas Costa. I mean, this guy, you know, I think a lot of people were very, very skeptical and everybody wanted him out. You know, not everybody, but a majority a, people, yeah. a majority of UF fans wanted him out of the team before the season started. But he showed the desire to stay. He showed that, you know, he wasn't going to give up that easily. And he's proven himself in these first two games, you know, versus Napoli great 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 link up once again with the you know not only with the attackers but getting down and receiving the ball in the midfield from Pjanic from Matuidi from Kedira um, helping and recovering the ball and then let's talk about that goal oof I mean beautiful I think it was it was the goal of the game yeah it was wow the way he cut back inside um the little thing he did with his like, I don't know how to describe it the yeah, thing he, he did he left Koulibaly just completely you know lost and then a beautiful finish off the volley it was just an amazing goal yeah it was it was priceless I'm happy for him I mean I know we talked about him a lot in the podcast before that we were not sure and stuff like that and then 
he's proving himself. That's what he had to do. And that's what he's showing us, what he's showing the fans, what he's capable of. Probably also his, he's better like mentally, you know, he's been going through a lot in the past and he's probably very happy to be home at Juve. Yeah, I mean, he looked really, really good during that first half versus Napoli, as well as versus Parma. And, you know, I'm excited to see... What's next? Yeah, to see what's next. Obviously, you know, like I said before, we were a little skeptical, but now there's nothing but optimism with uh, with Iwain. It's going to be hard for that, you know, attacking line to see, like, who's going to actually be... Yeah, I mean, there's there's I mean, a real there's a real fight for that you know that top nine slash false nine role um, between Iwain and Diwala. So I don't know. Diwala has a lot of work to do. Obviously, he missed preseason, um, a lot of preseason at least, uh, because he was at Copa America with Argentina, and now he's going on international break with Argentina again. It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for him to take that starting role. Um, away from Iwain. At least he got some minutes during the game. Yep, we'll talk about those changes here in a minute. So after that Iwain goal, we saw obviously those two clear, clear Kadira misses that we talked about earlier. Um, could have been an easy 4-0. Yeah, could have been easy 3-4-0 going into the half, but we did go in with a 2-0 uh, halftime result, with which, you know, versus Napoli is pretty amazing considering that last week um, they scored four against uh, Fiorentina. You know, the first half was just amazing. I haven't seen Juve play like that in such a long time. Now let's talk about the second half. Um, Not the same Juve as the first half. Um, We lowered a little bit the intensity, but... um, we started having some changes. Um, Kedira was substituted by Emre Chan. And right after that, um, Ronaldo scored his goal. His first goal in Serie A of the season, finally. And he celebrated with the VAR celebra- celebration um, since his last goal against Parma was apparently... He was apparently offside, so he was, you know, celebrating against that um, disallowed goal. Yep, so obviously Juve did not start the second half with the same intensity uh, as the first half. They gave up the ball. Um, we, we lost possession in the second half. And, you know, Napoli were going hard in, in the attack. They, they were maintaining possession. They were threatening um, but then out of nowhere, Ronaldo comes in and, you know, scores his goal, obviously does this celebration, um, you know, telling UF fans, calma, calma, we first, first we have to check to see if the VAR allows it or not. Um, kind of, you know, taking a stab at VAR after that disallowed goal at Parma, as you just stated. Um, but then unfortunately, you know, four minutes later, uh, Napoli get this free kick on the right side of the field you know, swing in the the cross and Manolas gets in the end of it and it results in the 3-1 goal for Napoli. Literally two seconds after that goal from Manolas, Napoli scored again on us with the first goal for El Chucky Lusano. Um, I was so disappointed to see, you know, those two goals coming in out of nowhere, you know, because 
we were playing so good. We were winning 3-0, and out of nowhere, we were 3-2. Yeah, I mean, it was just a lapse, a complete lapse of defensive concentration. Unfortunately, Delit was pretty much at fault for the Lozano goal. Um, you know, there was a counterattack, and Lozano came in straight through the middle. Delit pretty much stopped running. I guess he didn't realize that Lozano was, you know, coming in through the he middle. He didn't expect it, I guess. Yeah, he, he wasn't expecting Lozano to be there. Um, simple cross into the box, and Lozano sneaks it past uh, Chesney. Unfortunately, you know, 3-2... I was not expecting this to happen at all, considering the first half that you had played. And we, you know, we were solid defensively in the first half. I guess it was just we got comfortable being 3-0 up at home. Unfortunately, you know, Napoli, they started believing and they started the comeback. In the 76th minute, we saw Iwain get substituted by Dybala. Uh, Dybala's debuted in this Serie A season. For me, it was not the correct change. I don't know. I completely agree. I, I mean, we saw that literally when we made the, the second substitution with Kedir and Emre Can, problems started uh, appearing. I'm not giving the fault on Emre Can at all. It's just that the team was playing so good before and then we started making these changes and stuff happened. I mean, we received two goals and then Divala came in in a substitution that it wasn't necessary. I mean, Higuain was playing good. He wasn't tired or anything. It was, I'm not sure, the reason of the substitution, to be honest. I mean, I think the team was betting that we would get the 4-2 instead of, you know, defending the the 3-2 victory. Um, you know, we, we only had one substitution left because we were forced to bring in Danilo for the Chilio because of his injury. And then Kedira for Emre Chan. I don't know if that was the correct move. I guess Kedira is not, you know, he's not uh, physically fit to be playing 90 minutes. So I understand it on that end. But maybe bringing in somebody more defensive um, and, you know, who, who can still pass the ball given those, uh, you know, those through balls like Betancourt, for example. Uh, I don't know. And then that just the Diwale Wayne change. I, I, I thought, you know, Matuidi was on a yellow, first of all. So he was doing a couple fouls. I thought maybe Raviot would end up coming in for him. Um, but in the end, I mean, Dybala, you know, he, he he came in. He got his minutes. I think also the fans played a part in it. Um, there was a lot of criticism that Dybala wasn't put into the Parma game. So I think um, the coach felt a little bit pressured to put him in. But right after that, you know, five minutes later, another foul. It was a foul that had to be made because one of the Napoli player was just sprinting towards, you know, the box and Delete fell on the floor. And then Alexandro had to stop the player somehow. He had to make that technical fall on the player to stop him. And then that's when Napoli got that free kick. And again, a little mistake on the defense. 
and Di Lorenzo was able to put the goal, put the ball in the goal. Yeah, it was unfortunate, um, especially that trip before the foul was made by Alexandro, um, that trip by the elite. He tripped and then uh, Alexandro was forced to make the foul. And, you know, in, in, in the actual free kick, in the cross, we saw Chesney, you know, he hesitated to come out. The uh, elite didn't keep a good marking on his man, which was Di Lorenzo. And, you know, the game was just slipping out of Juve's hands. Napoli was pretty much controlling the ball and controlling the game. Uh, other than the Ronaldo goal and a few shots here and there, there was one by Douglas Costa, which Meret made a great save. And after he saved it, it went off the post. But other than that, you know, Juve weren't really threatening the Napoli goal at all yeah, on the second half on the second, in the half, second it was, half yeah it was napoli in the first half it was 100 percent you yeah second the half, second half was, was pretty much 100 percent napoli other than you know A the two the two things, yeah. situations that i just stated but um you know in Serie A and in champions league you not only need to be skilled but you also have to have a little bit of luck a little bit <laughs> And yeah, you know, <laughs> we got lucky this time, let me tell you. Towards the end of the game, the nine, past the 90th minute into injury time, Juve got a sweet, sweet f- uh, free kick uh, on the right side of the pitch. And that's when the, our luck came. I mean, call it what you wish, you know, all of our players were offside in that in that free kick. So none of them were even attacking the ball. The fact that Koulibaly, I don't know if he slipped, I don't know, you know, if he just miscontrolled it, he, he didn't clear it well enough. But lucky for us, it went into the back of his own net. And what a beautiful own goal. I mean, it was top bins. It was, you know, it was a great goal. Imagine if, if, a, Juve, if a Juve player would have scored that. But um, unlucky for Napoli, extremely lucky for Juve. But winning is the only thing that matters. We came away with the three points versus a direct Serie A rival. And that's the only thing that, you know, that I'm looking at at this point. Yeah, I mean, of course we got lucky, but we also deserved it um, on the first half, most of it. But I'm happy that we got these other three points, you know. Now we have we have six points and it's very good. We have to just keep going this way. Next game is gonna be it's gonna be tough, but we got it. Yeah, six out of six, uh, two wins out of two games played. During this match, you've had less possession uh, than the Parma game. This was, I think, mostly influenced by that second half. In the first half, it was uh, 51 for Juve and 49% for Napoli. So it was almost 50-50, but they definitely beat us in possession in the second half. We won 46 of our duels. But the good thing and, you know, what we talked about on the last podcast that we really needed to improve were not only to increase our shots on target, but to increase our goals. Uh, One goal versus Parma. Now we had four versus Napoli. Obviously, one of them was an own goal. But still, I mean, we had from 12 shots, we had seven on target, which is great. And, you know, that's the improvement that we asked for during the last podcast and what I was looking for especially. And, you know, it was great. I mean, obviously the goals came. The more you shoot, the more you can score. Uh, The more 
shots on target you have, the more chances of scoring that we have. And I think it's only going to get better from here. You know, our offense improved from last game. Our defense in the second half was not great. Missing Kelini is a huge, huge factor in that. But there's only room to grow. For sure, for sure. Now let's talk about some key players that um, had the best stats on the game. Um, first of all, Douglas Costa. We talked a little bit about it before. He is improving a lot, a lot, a lot. I'm loving how he's playing. Absolutely love him. Um, he created the most chances in the match against Napoli. He had a total of five chances, which is a lot. He also had two assists out of the three goals, not counting, you know, the fourth um, own, own goal. goal. And he had 32 accurate passes and 84% pass success. These are amazing stats for Douglas. Um, another playing player is Ronaldo. He had his first goal with a total of three shots in target, target two chances created, and an 89% pass success. Lastly, Delete. I know that a lot of people are not happy with his performance because it was his fault on the Napoli goals, but um, he had the most accurate passes of the game with a with a 95% accurate passes, a total of 44 accurate passes, 54 touches, and five clearances. Now let's talk about the lead's performance a little bit. His first half was pretty great, um, I would say. You know, there wasn't too much threat from Napoli, but the passes that he made were pretty good uh he had a great pass accuracy throughout the entire game and you know he had 54 touches he was the player with the most touches in the first half but the second half was a different story now one thing that's been bothering me is a lot of people are criticizing him hard obviously you know the player he costs a lot of money there's big, big expectations for him at the club. But I mean, this criticism is just completely ridiculous. He's played his first Serie A game at home. And it's not just any Serie A game. It's Juve-Napoli. And we've seen, you know, how these games can get, especially during the last few seasons. Napoli has been the main title contender during these last two seasons it's a big big game and you know he's not stepping up for just anybody he's replacing Kelini on the pitch on the left side of the center back which is not his natural position he played his entire career at Ajax on as the right center back at, um, with the Netherlands he plays next to Van Dijk as the right center back so this is, you know, it's something that he has to get used to. Not only the league and the position and, you know, just him playing with Juve. But there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Not only because of the price tag, but because, you know, Juve fans are expecting him to replace a great 
like Chiellini and like Bonucci. For sure. I mean, he has a lot on his shoulder and he knows that he didn't perform at his best. Right after, you know, after the game, he told the Telegraph, um, he quoted, I felt bad after the game, but I need to move on. The season has more than 50 games. This was just one. I would have preferred to play it very well. I have to adapt to Juventus playing style. I need to know where to walk and how to stand on the field. So he's still learning. I mean, it's his first Serie A match. He has a lot, a lot on his shoulders with Chiellini's injury, but he knows that he has to improve and he's ready for it. He just, you know, needs to learn the last few tactics and just, you know, step on. And then when he's going to be at 100%, we're going to see, you know, his full potential at Juve. Of course, once he's 100%, you know, his potential is undoubted. I think he's probably the center back with the most potential out there um there's a lot of pressure because he's moved to a winning club like juventus uh, arguably arguably the biggest club in the Serie A and in italy uh but one thing that i really liked was uh komen uh the elite's coach with the netherlands you know he came out and made a, a couple statements backing him um He said, quote, he didn't play well. He had a bad moment with the goal of Lozano. The other two goals were different. It was a free kick that turned in, and that's always hard to defend. He later went on to say, sometimes people take change too easily. I still have the newspapers of my first match at Barcelona. It was a disaster. We lost 2-0, and everybody was questioning my arrival. And I think this is a similar situation with, with the elite. And, you know, people that are questioning his ability... They just have to give him some time. You know, he's only 20 years old and people are too quick to judge. And talking about judging too quickly, we talked about this on the, I don't know if the last or the other podcast, but with Danilo's arrival, um, everyone, I mean, okay, not everyone, but the majority of fans were not happy they were, I mean, they were criticizing Danilo so much of him not being, you know, a good player for Juve. Um, and guess what? He proved us all wrong. He came in and scored a goal. And, I mean, he did an absolutely amazing job in the back line, playing on the right side with Douglas, you know, making those runs, passing the ball and just controlling that right side. He did amazing in my opinion. Yeah, Danilo was amazing in this game. Uh, compared to the Chile versus Parma, the change to Danilo was complete a 180 turn in my opinion. He was strong defensively. His link up with Uh, Douglas Costa on the right flank was great. His passing is good. Um, you know, he he's kind of proving people wrong. And he got that first goal versus Napoli, which is never easy to do. He's proving people wrong. And, you know, obviously people were, were, critici were criticizing, I think, more because of the fact that we swapped him uh, for Cancelo plus Cash. Um But at the same time, you know, Cancelo has not been that strong defensively. And Danilo, at least in the game versus Napoli, he proved that, you know, he wants to be here at Juventus. And he played a very, very good game. Speaking about transfers, the transfer window has now closed. 
and hasn't been the craziest one at the end of the transfer window. I mean, usually, you know, in the last days, in the last hours, a lot happens, but wasn't the case for Juve. There has been there have been some rumors about Boateng, maybe the Chile going to PSG, but nothing happened at the end. Um, I mean, just the same stuff that we knew before. Yeah, so we'll go over the players that joined Juve. Obviously, we got Raviot and Ramsey on free transfers. There were a couple of agent fees, um, but that was that. We got the Leeds on a big money transfer from Ajax. We swapped uh, Luca Pellegrini for Spinazzola, and we sent Pellegrini on loan to Cagliari. We swapped Cancelo for Danilo plus cash. We got Buffon back from PSG on a free transfer. We got Demiral from Sassuolo. We got Cristian Romero. Um, we sent him back on loan to Genoa. We got, uh, obviously, Wain and Piaka back um, to Juve after their loan time. Um, and we sent Keane off to Everton. And the last joining the squad is Kwang Song. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Um, he came on a loan with the option to buy. He's going to be playing with the Juventus under 23 squad. That pretty much up sums up Juve's summer in the transfer window. But we saw a lot of big, big transfers inside of the Serie A. Obviously, we saw Lukaku, Alexis Sanchez, and Godin to Inter, just to name a few. We saw Lozano, um, and now on deadline day, Fernando Llorente to Napoli. We also saw Smalling joining Roma, which I think was a terrible move for Roma. Smalling uh, has not performed very well for Manchester United at his spell there. But um, a good transfer for Roma was actually Mkhitaryan. Uh, he came in as a loan. I think mostly because, you know, he, he didn't really prove himself at Arsenal. Uh, he had a, his first good season at Manchester United. His second was a disaster. Um, but if he can, you know, if he can show the player that he was at Borussia Dortmund, then it's not a bad deal for Roma. Uh, speaking about Manchester United, Darmian uh, completed a move to Parma. And the big, big transfer of the transfer deadline day was Mauro Icardi to PSG on a loan plus option to buy. Finally, he ended up outside of Italy, not at Juve as he wanted. Um, a lot of crazy stuff going on with him. At least now he's away from Italy. Inter, I guess, is happy that they got rid of him. Not completely rid of him, but at least for some time. Now we'll see how he's going to play, you know, with PSG. Now he's going to have some space since Mbappé and Neymar are injured. And Cavani as well. And Cavani. So he's going to have some space. But when those three players come back, I don't know. It's going to be hard to manage those big, big egos at PSG especially with the whole Neymar saga over the summer. He couldn't complete a move to Barcelona. Um, he's still injured. Who knows how long he's going to be out. Uh, Mbappe is obviously recovering from a muscle injury. Cavani is injured. So 
are they preparing for the future with Cavani's contract expiring soon and he's probably leaving um, rumors are that he's leaving to the United States I don't know there's a lot of stuff going on at PSG and obviously Cardi is a great player and a loan with option to buy is not a bad move for PSG for sure and we'll see we'll see how he goes mostly on Champions League as well now moving back to what matters most which is Juventus um, let's talk about these dreaded dreaded injuries that we're that we're experiencing I mean one of them is Ramsey he hasn't been really with the squad that much due to his injury I mean he came at Juve with a pre-existing injury already then he caught up one um this past week I think it was and the we had a lower back injury so now he was not on the list to play the first match day game and the second one as well yeah so Ramsey actually withdrew from the Wales squad um, he won't be playing their Euro 2020 qualifiers due to this back injury and also that pre-existing injury that he came in uh, into Juventus with. And that's the thing about Ramsey. And I think Juve knew this when they brought him in. You know, he's he's injury prone. He hasn't been able to recover uh, from that injury that he had over the summer. But hopefully, hopefully, you know, our doctors will be able to take good care of him. And he'll be on the pitch uh, after international break. The other player, sadly, that caught up an injury is Chiellini. This is the biggest injury so far that we had of the season. Um, he got injury, injured in training, actually, the day before the game against Napoli on Friday. And he actually sprained his right knee. He will undergo surgery tomorrow. Tomorrow is Tuesday in Austria. Hopefully um, he can recover, you know, fast. But with a player of his age, it's going to be very hard, you know, for him to come back at 100%. But we have to be positive and, you know, hope for the best. Yeah, so Chiellini has a lesion of the anterior cruciate ligament. This is a big, big injury. We've seen a lot of, you know, good players get this injury. And the recovery time is, you know, anywhere from five to six to seven months. Obviously, it depends on each player. But with Kelini's age, you know, we have to take it slow. And whenever he's back, he's back. Uh, the biggest, biggest blow, I think, to the season is losing Kelini. We saw last season how, you know, when he, when he suffered from injuries and he wasn't able to play, the defense suffered big time. But you have to think that last season we didn't really have had, you know, a big strong like, you know, our bench as far as defense was not the same as this season. I of mean, course. we have Demiral and the elite. So we have two other big, big players and Rugani that can take that position. There's no doubt, but there's no replacing Chiellini's leadership on the field. No, for sure. That's that's is, for sure. That's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest uh, loss. loss that you've ever faced in this season. Obviously, you know, we prepared for this during the transfer season, which is why we brought in the elite, why we brought in the Miral, why we bought Romero and sent him out on loan. You know, Kelini's time at Juve is coming to an end soon. And with this injury, it might come even sooner. Hopefully he can play the rest of the season um, once he comes back. 
But, you know, now it's time for these young defenders to step up and take leadership of the team. That is what we really need. Uh, somebody to lead that back line and make sure that it's a defensive wall back there. Apart from Chiellini, we have Mattia De Cilio. He was uh, he got injured during this Napoli game, um, 15, 16 minutes in. He carried out the diagnostics exams at J Medical, and you know he's uh, he's out for anywhere from one to two weeks. It's a low grade lesion of the bicep uh, femoris of the left thigh. So. In about 10 days, he'll get new exams. Um, the good thing about this is that it's right over international break. So obviously, he won't be playing with the Italian national squad um, in their Euro 2020s. But, you know, it gives him time to recover over the over the next few uh, the next few days in time for the Champions League and City out next matches. Talking about international breaks. Um, Juve announced the players that will be playing for their national team. So for Italy, we're going to have Bonucci and Bernardeschi with Bosnia, Pjanic, with Poland, Szczesny, Germany, Emre Can, Holland or the Netherlands, De Ligt, Turkey, Demiral, France, Matuidi, Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, those are the ones, uh, all those players will be playing Euro 2020 qualifier matches. So good luck to them and their national teams. And in addition to those players, there are a couple that are going out to play international friendlies, which are Dybala for, for Argentina, Betancur for Uruguay, Alexandro for Brazil, and Cuadrado for Colombia, which is, uh, which is an interesting one because we're actually going to be at one of Colombia's games um, on September the 10th. Yes, they are actually playing here in Florida. We are going to the game Venezuela against Colombia, thanks to Black Tower Agency. Um, it's going to be a very exciting experience, and we will definitely, you know, take you guys along with us. We will be posting and sharing our experience um, of the game, and hopefully, who knows, maybe meet meet some players. Yeah, it was. Uh it was great to hear from Black Tower Agency, um, Martina, across her Juve designer Instagram, um, actually got into contact with them. So she had a giveaway for some tickets on her Instagram account. And yeah, shout out to them, Black Tower Agency. Uh, thank you, Jose, for providing uh, some tickets for us. And it's going to be exciting to see uh, the Colombia national team. Obviously, I'm from Colombia, so I'm very, very excited for the game um, and playing Venezuela, which is one of our biggest rivals. But um, but yeah, I'm very excited for the game and VIP experience. So stay tuned for, for that on our social media accounts. We will also be making a video, so make sure to also check it out on YouTube. So after the international break, the coveted coveted champions league starts finally i can't wait for this the champions league list the famous champions league list is going out actually tomorrow so i'm excited i'm also you know a little bit scared to see who sarri is gonna cut out of the squad um now that Kellini is injury injured sadly he will not be on the list in my opinion but we'll see who else won't be in that list 
Yeah, so I think three players are pretty much guaranteed to be cut from the list. Uh, one of those players being Perin. He was linked to a move to Benfica, but that got dropped because of the injury that he currently has. The other one is Piaka, who returned on loan, but he is not really being considered by Sarri. And the last one being Kelini, obviously with uh, his injury that he's going to be out for at least five to six months. Um, so those are the first three. There's two more who need to be cut. Um, who are your guesses that are going to be cut from the list? Um, I mean, I w was expecting to you know get those two out by the transfer window, you know, selling. There were thoughts about selling Rugani, but... Since that did not happen, I think the two players that would be caught, one, in my opinion, is Bintankur. I said, I talked about it on the last podcast. He, you know, didn't really play this season. And last season, he was a little bit injured and didn't really, and wasn't really part of the team. He's also very young. So... We have a lot of midfielders, so I think he would be one. As far as the other one, honestly, it's going to be hard, but probably it's going to be Mandzukic because Iguain has been proving himself a lot as that false, I mean, as that nine position. Then we have Dybala as a false nine. So I think Mandzukic is going to be the second player to be cut out of the Champions League list. Yeah, I think Mandzukic will be cut. Uh, as you said, he's not really being taken into consideration, just like Piaka um, into Sarri's squad. Also, he was moved to, he was linked to a move away from Juve. And there's still uh, there's still rumors that he will likely be leaving in January, probably to the Asian market. So that'll be interesting to keep uh, to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, that uh, that that last player, I think that last spot is it's going to be the toughest one to choose. Like you said, Betancur, um, like Mandzukic, hasn't really been chosen by the manager much. He hasn't played many games, so I think he will be cut out as well. But You know, if if anybody was, if any of those five were to make the list, I think it would be Betancur. And who knows? Maybe there's a there's a surprise out there for who makes that list. And also, I mean, we don't really know how serious Ramsey's injuries are. I know they're not they're not very important at the moment, but who knows? You know, they can become more important and maybe cannot play. So Bentancur will take that position. Yeah, there's always stuff behind closed doors that we are not aware of. Um, but yeah, guys, that pretty much wraps it up for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on all social medias. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at UVAJ and on Instagram at UV.AJ. You can follow Martina at UVDesigner on all all platforms and make sure to follow our show on all platform at the bianconeri show we also released a new project called bianconero wear um, you can check it out on instagram and facebook or at bianconerowear.com we have a couple of cool t-shirt designs on there um And who knows, if you're one of the first few customers, you might get something special uh, in that package. So be on the lookout for that. And how about we give our predictions for the next two matches? So we play Fiorentina 
on Sunday, the, September the 15th. Uh, what's your prediction for that match? It's going to be a tough game, just like this one against Napoli. Plus, we're playing away. So I think it will be a... Mm, maybe a 2-2. Oh, wow. So you think we're going to draw and lose our first points? I think so. I disagree. Sadly. I think Fiorentina are weak on the defensive end, and we can take advantage of that, especially with our attacking football. Um the players will be a little bit tired because of international break, but I think we'll get a 3-1 victory. Damn, who do you think is going to score? Uh, I think Douglas will get his first Juve Serie A 2020 goal. Um, and then the rest is really up to grabs. I mean, we've seen that we've had pretty much unexpected goal scorers the past two games. Uh Kelini scored our first goal, then Danilo, um, and then obviously Iwain and Ronaldo eventually got their goals. But I'm going to say, so Douglas will get one, Ronaldo will get one, and I'll put the lead up there. Damn, do you think he's going to make his first goal already? Hopefully, hopefully. I'm, I'm good, confident that he's going he's gonna to get his confidence, and who knows, one of those corners swung in. Um, he'll get his head on the end of it and put it into the back of the net. What about for the first Champions League game against Atleti? That's going to be a very tough game. Um, Juve-Atleti, the rematch from last season's knockout stage at Atleti. So we'll be playing in Madrid. You know, Atleti, their first two games, they were very strong in the in their league games. Their last games, they were a little weaker. They started losing the game 2-0. They eventually made the comeback and won 3-2. Um, I think we'll get a 2-2 tie. I also think a 2-2. A 2-2 tie. So both games for me, it's going to be a 2-2. Yeah, hopefully all our players come back from international break without any injuries. Knock on wood. Um, But yeah, guys, be sure to follow us on all our podcasting platforms. Um, And if there's any platform out there that you do not see us on, be sure to let us know and we will make it available. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Ciao, Bianconeri. Bianconeri.